So, I'm here with my dad today, and we're going to talk about mainly NBA. We might get into some WWE, AEW stuff at the end. So, first of all, thanks for coming on. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. So, uh, we just come off the finals. Uh, what did you think about that series overall? It was easily the strangest finals I can ever remember uh, with the two major injuries. Um, Toronto, you know, going in there as, as an underdog and defeating the mighty Golden State. Um, you know, what I took from it was uh, that, you know, I think Kawhi Leonard is easily one of the best players that's that's ever played the game. I mean, the things that he can do at both ends of the floor are just, just amazing. And I'm just, I'm fascinated to see, you know, what he does this offseason. Yeah, I think it was, it was definitely a really good, uh, a really good final series. And I think it, I think for the first time too, especially like you said, going into Toronto's the underdog. Um, nobody really sees them as a legit, legit contender to the to the Warriors. Um, obviously, Durant's hurt going into it, and that kind of be that'll kind of be the first thing we talk about is these these injuries that you mentioned to Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson. But I guess really the the big thing is after this Finals loss, do you do you think this is the end of the Warriors here? Do you think this dynasty's over? Uh, I tell you, it's it's fascinating. I I have this. I don't know. There's this gut feeling that both Durant and Clay will sign long-term deals this off season. Okay. Um, I, I just I just have this feeling that they the way they went out um, is going to leave a sour taste, and um, you know. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, it's you know it's all going to depend on those two on whether or not they decide to stay. Uh, but the fact that they're both uh, out next year just makes next next uh, season fascinating. Yeah, and I think you, you bring up a good point about next season being fascinating. And I think additionally, I mean, I don't know about you, but I consider NBA offseason to probably be of the major sports, probably the most interesting or most just like it, it's there's a lot of hype surrounding it. Um, and I think that these, these injuries really add an extra layer to it because I think it's it's really going to impact a lot of teams and their decisions. So we start with Durant. So back in game five of the second round against the Rockets, this was in May, he, he strains his right calf and then is out for the rest of that season. That series uh, went to six games. Uh, and then he's out for the entire Western Conference Finals, which they, they swept the, the Trailblazers. And then he comes back in game five of the finals and really doesn't play at all, at all. And then tears his right Achilles. Um, I mean, that that's one of the most brutal injuries you could have, especially as a basketball player. You look at guys like Kobe Bryant. I mean, after that injury, the, he, he was never the same. And so he's already, it's already been announced that he's going to be out for the entire 2019-2020 season. And so going into this season, he's got a $31.5 million player option. Uh, he'll decline that. Which you, I mean, yeah, I you, think so. You, you, I think so. Yeah, he's, even if he does re resign with uh, Golden State, he'll he'll decline that. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you generally don't get guys opting in unless they're generally little bit lower tier players. But somebody like this, they're gonna want free. They're gonna want free agency, and so he can sign a five year, two hundred twenty dollar super max. Two hundred twenty dollar. Two hundred twenty dollars, <laughs> two hundred twenty million dollars. Yeah. Not that, not that little money. And then he can sign four years, one sixty four elsewhere. And w right now, so y you mentioned you you think that that the the Warriors. You, so you think the Warriors are probably the best f 
fit, or what do you think he's going to do this summer in terms of what do you think is the best fit for him? Is you know taking that year off? He'll be 32 when he returns. What, what do you think his mindset should be going into this into this summer? Yeah, I don't know. I just think you know you hear that he wants to have his own team and start fresh, and there's been the Knicks talks for the longest time. Um, but I don't know. I just have this feeling that he will. Uh, stay with Golden State, especially after, um, you know, just after the way it ended in, in Game 5. Um, I think Golden State would be smart to just re, re-up right now for five years. So you have next year to rehab, and then he comes back the following year, and, you know, you, you lock up Clay as well, and then just find the pieces around the three of them, uh, and then I think they'll, they can continue to contend. Um, because the question is, if he if he does go to New York, uh, who goes with him? You know, there was talk of Kyrie uh, going with KD, and now it, it seems that Kyrie is is almost as if he's signed with Brooklyn already. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what um, I don't know what will happen, and I think that's what just makes this offseason fascinating. Um, I think I heard something today: forty percent. Of the players in the NBA are free agents, that's, which is just that's crazy. Yeah, it's just insane. Yeah, and I think it it definitely is interesting, you know, to to wonder how if this injury didn't happen. And first of all, I know that this is one of the biggest debates, and I know we've kind of talked about this, but you you believe that he, he brought himself back that that like yeah, I I I really, I you know, first of all, I don't. I don't think there's anyone really to blame. I think I think it just happened. I think that ultimately, you know, Kevin Durant is one of the best players in the world. And he's not in a position where he's going to feel the pressure from the organization to come back. And I really truly do not believe that uh, he would have come back if he didn't uh, choose to do so. He even indicated so on his on his Twitter account the other day, um, so I think, I think the the decision to come back probably wasn't a great decision. I mean, they mm-hmm. were down three one. He hadn't played full court basketball in thirty three days, um, so that is is a whole other issue. You know whether or not it was a good idea, but I really don't think there is anyone to blame. Uh, but I do think that he uh, he definitely you know he had a big say in coming back. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, he mentioned that in that post that it was it was him that said I I want to go out there. And I think I think it's an interesting thing because obviously going into free agency, a lot of players are are going to they're going to want to be on the floor cuz you you've got something to prove. And it's interesting to see how for him, I don't think he really needs to prove anything. You know, even though he's hurt, even though his uh, uh, his calf is strained and he's not 100%. I definitely thought it was interesting that it, there could have been a potential that he wanted to be on the floor to, to, to prove something, which I don't think he needed to do. And so I, I agree. I don't think it was the smartest idea. Like you said, 3-1. You know, it would be different if it was like a game seven, you know, and, and, and it's right down to the wire, but you're already down 3-1. It's not going to help you really at all to, to go out there. Um, and so, I mean, did you see the report that Kevin 
Kevin and that he and Kyrie met though in New York to talk about I, free yeah, agency. I did see that, but um, I, I don't. I yeah. don't. You know what? I mean, I think these guys probably meet for lunch and get together all the time. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't see. I don't look into that too much. I think that's the issue nowadays too. Is people take these reports of they're meeting yeah. and immediately they they twist it so that it sounds like they're yeah. they're scheming something. Plus, he it. he just happened to be Durant happened to be in New York. He was there to for, get for uh, surgery for surgery. So and this Kyrie like, lives in New Jersey. So it's you know, I don't think it's that. Um, I don't think there's much to look into. Yeah. I think they just met for lunch. Yeah, yeah. So I think so. Clay now, Clay tears his ACL in, in in game six. Already, already, this this whole series is full of drama with the Durant injury, and now you have Clay tearing his ACL, which adds, I think, another layer to the this whole off season because Clay's kind of been I don't know about you, but I feel like he's kind of been on the. There's been talk of him, you know, oh he's coming into free agency this summer is he gonna leave is he gonna leave but like now i think this really pushes him to the forefront of what's he gonna do this summer so what do, what do you see from him well this he's summer? got another year though. no he's a free agent this year he's free right now yeah oh he can sign so right now or is he restricted no no he's, unrestricted. he's unrestricted unrestricted so right now he hasn't because he didn't meet the this actually might play out really well for the warriors because so if they sign durant yeah. and uh uh clay Plus, they have to. Uh, Kevin Looney is a free agent this summer. If they sign all of them to max deals, um, which Looney won't make that much, but their their salary cap, they're going to be paying over three hundred million dollars. They're they're going to be paying one hundred fifty five million dollars in in tax, which is, I mean, that that's a hefty load right there, especially for two guys that are going to be out. Virch, Kevin Durant's going to be out the whole season. Um, so Clay right now can make because he missed the. Um, he didn't make all NBA. He can't get his max. Right. He misses out on thirty per, on thirty percent. So right now he can make five years one eighty or sorry one ninety, um, and then obviously you know you're gonna make less elsewhere. Um, so what do you do? I I would say that of the two, Clay is probably the most likely to resign with oh, the Warriors. Yeah. No, I I agree. I don't think there's any question that Clay's coming back. Um, I don't I don't see him leaving. And, and, and his fa- I know this this isn't really substantial, but his father has already said that he's coming back, which I, I, you can't always believe that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, I think it's just a formality. It's a matter of... Yeah, especially, I, I think the tearing the ACL, because it's different with Durant and Clay. It's like, Durant, you know, is a proven star. And I get Clay's really, really good too. But I, I think when it comes to being a little skeptical about signing people to max deals, you, you you'd have to lean away from Clay a little bit. Well, I think I think uh, I think Clay is is a number three. Yeah, you know, on a team. yeah, maybe a number two. Um, you know, he's a super talented player, but I just don't think he's a team that you know, say someone like uh, the Knicks to sign him and make him. Their their uh, their top player. That's not someone that's going to carry you through. Yeah, he can't uh, run the, the like he's, he's not running the floor for no. you. You know, what I mean, it's it's hard to. He's a great defensive player and a great shooter, uh, but I really think he's a, uh, you know, he's he's a third. Yeah. Player on a on which a which you see team. from this Warriors, right, and he's exactly. a really good third and third it, scorer too. I mean, you could they yeah did, they did win uh, without Katie, and he I mean he is he is definitely um, a number two. Uh, but he is not to me. He's not someone that that carries your franchise to yeah. a title. You know, I think you look at maybe a 
four or five or six seed in the playoffs, but but I don't see them getting much further than the second round. You know, if he's your best player on a on a team, yeah, and I, I think I I think that this this season this next coming season is is going to be I think what makes or breaks the Warriors because let's say they re-sign all all of these guys, you know, what are you going to do with it's going to be Curry and Draymond and, and like. Durant's out the whole year. Clay won't be back until February or March. They're saying, like, what what are they going to do when they come back? And I think that's that's what's going to be the biggest thing. And some people are actually talking, and we we have listened to this that well, the possibility that Durant says, "I'll sign with you, but if I want out, you trade me." Do you think like because he's got that leverage for sure? With yeah, the team. I think so. Yeah, I th- I could see that happening. Um, but we'll see. I mean, July first is is right around the corner. We're gonna know. We're gonna know soon enough. Yeah, and they and they pushed it up too, June thirtieth. That's right. That's right. Yeah. They, it's like a day. I really wish, and I heard Danny Ainge uh, talk about this. It to me, it makes no sense that the draft is before free agency. Yeah, yeah. You know, in, in the NFL, it's the opposite. Free agency starts, I think, in February, maybe mm-hmm. March, and then you have several weeks before the draft. So you're able to, after the initial signing period, you're able to determine what your needs are. I yeah. think you know, with you take a team like the Celtics with three first-round picks, uh, it it makes it very difficult to know. Um, you Especially know, what with your salary, needs are. salary yeah. cap too. It's like you got to save room for those those rookie guys. Like you you got to pay them. Like right. why can't like for example the draft is this Thursday. Why can't free agency start? Yeah, on exactly. Thursday. Yeah, and then the draft is June thirtieth. And but, I think and it would uh, add a lot of it would add a lot to um the, the, this whole dynamic. But so yeah, that's going to be interesting to to see where this goes. And speaking about Kyrie, I mean I think you're you're kind of done with him on the Celtics would you say that like- I yeah I'm ready I'm ready for that team to move on I was extremely disappointed in um, mainly in some of his his off-court comments um, you know calling out some of the younger players uh, during the times when they struggled and and this is you know these are guys that brought them they were five minutes away from the finals mm-hmm. last June and I just thought that was the wrong way to go about it um, I would get frustrated watching him, you know, uh, just dominate the ball. He's he's actually very bad when he dominates the ball. He needs right. like he this year he averages you know twenty three point eight points, five rebounds, six point nine to six, forty nine percent from the field, forty percent from three. Statistically, not a bad season. Like he's a really good player for sure. But when you have a guy he, like he can't take thirty shots a game. No, he no. He, he needs to run the floor. He, like you look at. And I think one of the things that really separated um, this season, because because two years, the two seasons ago, that team was really fun to watch, and they were good. And even year. when he played, and even when he played in the beginning, and and I think one of the things that really really bothered him is, and a lot of people forget this is, he was out for most of that playoffs, most of yeah, those he playoffs. Didn't play. He didn't he play. play at all. Well, I don't think he played. I think he was out by the middle of May. He yeah, was done. he was done. Yeah, and, and so like I think, I don't now. Obviously, I wouldn't know for sure, but like. I think that bugged him, and then he just goes into the season. And once again, it goes back to the thing: is you, you enter free agency, and you feel like you have to you have to prove yourself. Right. Except his proving himself is I'm just going to take every shot I can, and right. it, it was just it was really it really wasn't good. So he declines a 21.3 million dollar player option, which I mean that that's expected. He can sign five years, 190 with the Celtics. 
Um, and then four years, 139 elsewhere. I agree. I think this that the, his time is done here. It's yeah. It it was a good that that first season was really good and. I think. What do you What do you think this says about that trade? Is that trade a, a, a fluke at this point? Because you never got anything out of it, really. If no, he's gone, I, you know. Looking back, um, no, I don't think so at all. Because uh, um, you look at the pieces that they gave up, um, didn't really turn into much. That's true. Uh, so yeah. So to me, um, and even the guard that Cleveland drafted with that eighth, I think it ended up being the eighth pick, Colin Sexton. Yeah, yeah Sexton. You know, who knows with Sexton? It, it's just impossible to tell at this point. And then the other pieces they traded really uh, complete non-factors. I mean, um, you know, Jay Crowder is a nice role player on a good team, but he's not hes not somebody that, you know, they were going to hold on to. Um, Isaiah Thomas is so unfortunate, the injury it's, it that he sustained. You know, he just missed out on signing a decent contract. Um, so, no, I don't think in any way it, it was a waste. I mean, they went for it. They tried to put together uh, a super team, and they tried to blend the younger players, and it just didn't work. It didn't yeah. work. And I think, you know, I think he had chemistry issues all year. And, uh, you know, you take a guy like Terry Rozier, who, you know, was playing 30 minutes, 35 minutes in the playoffs, outplaying Eric Bledsoe. Okay, who just signed an eighty-five million dollar contract, and this year he averages about fifteen minutes a game, and it just, you know, it just unfortunately it just did not work, and it all started, you know, I followed them every single game, and it started in the preseason. Mm -hmm. You could see it in the preseason; they were getting blown out in the preseason, and they just were never able to really put it together. Um, and I think you know, I I think that I think Hayward coming back too. Uh, inadvertently, you know, you add someone again who can score um, onto your roster, and I think I think another big thing was that that season, that first season with Kyrie, when Hayward goes down, the mentality was different. Like after Hayward goes down, the, the everybody immediately when we've talked about this, everybody goes, "Oh, they're done. Celtics are done. There's yeah. no way," and there's it just it ignites that fire, and then. Hayward comes back, and it's like they lost that identity, and they didn't yeah. know what they were, and then Kyrie's just... I mean, it, it, it really was bad, the comments that he was saying, because he was yeah. he was calling out players almost when really he shared just as much as the blame. No, uh, absolutely. The blame. And these like, were things he, you should be saying in the locker room. Exactly. And, you know, I think, unfortunately, what happened with Hayward, and I, I had said this when the season started, you know, in, the, in, in baseball, you have a, a guy that suffers a major injury he does a rehab stint in you know in the minors for several weeks i wish that there was a way that hayward could have gone down to the g league and played 30 minutes a night and just let him go out there and just play his game and unfortunately you know when you're paying a guy 30 plus million that just doesn't happen and i think um you know, I think last year, you, you, what you saw with Hayward was, um, you know, a guy who wasn't physically there, and it, but I think more importantly, he wasn't mentally there, especially after that injury. So Rightfully I'm really, so. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm really looking forward to this year, um, to to Hayward being a big part of that offense. I, 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 for the little time that they would let the ball and the offense go through Hayward. He was on um, fire. Yeah, he looked great. I, found, I actually did some research on this, so... Yeah. You know, there's a lot of stuff like, are the Celtics better without Kyrie? So Kyrie missed, I I think he missed like fifth, seven, he missed 17 games this year. They went 14 and three. 
when he didn't <laughs> yeah, play. It's amazing. Hayward Hayward this year averaged about thirteen points a game, which n- not bad for a guy that's coming off of a terrible injury like that. When he when he was running the offense when Kyrie was out and was the the ball was run through him, he averages about fifteen. And that doesn't even include because I, I I really do think the first like four months of the season you have to scratch out because it was clear that he was still not like you said mentally there. Right. I mean, what was it that game in like February he dropped like thirty five? Yeah. Like like a really really good player, and I just don't think. And this this was a lot of, and I remember, and I had talked about this and, and found a lot of stats about this back when um, the trade had first happened. Obviously, Hayward had already signed. There were a lot of skeptics. Um, people thought that Hayward and Kyrie wouldn't be able to play together, and it it kind of came true. Like, they just couldn't really mesh that well. Um, So, I I think you would agree. I think he's going to the Nets, like you said. I I think... Yeah, I I think it's pretty pretty much inevitable which, which i don't i don't really get I don't, I don't yeah i don't get that either it's like yeah the, the nets first of all like for a team that after that i mean that trade with the celtics those years ago that basically just decimated their franchise for several years they had a really good year this past year for a team you know run by d'angelo russell had it had a, a fantastic year after a really bad stint with the lakers and they had a lot of they had a lot of players but none of them are stars you know what i mean right they're just like, they're lots like of role players. just a lots of role players. Like Joe Harris, like okay, like he's not gonna he's not gonna be a good playoff player. And so, I think obviously Russell's a free agent this year as well. And I do think that if they sign Kyrie, Russell probably won't go oh, back. There's no doubt. There's no I doubt. Mean, what did, did they win? Maybe what did they win? Maybe forty four games. Forty yeah, 45 like five games. I mean, I think you add Kyrie to the mix. It doesn't make them a 55-win no. team. So, I mean, I get it. It's New York. It's Brooklyn. Curry is a big star. You know, that's that's a part of it. But I think in terms of just basketball sense, um, you know, I, I know the Nets have to do something. But honestly, I, I wouldn't. I, I would not want to invest that kind of money. I think, mm-hmm. you know, traditionally smaller guards are, are the ones that, um, lose their skills the quickest, and we already have I, the knee issues yeah, are already, terrible. Right, he's already has knee issues. I mean, he misses fifteen to twenty five games a year. You know, you're signing a guy to a max contract. You, you're expecting, you know, you're not gonna. It, it was okay this year when you had guys like uh, Horford and Tatum, and you know, Kyrie could sit a game. But when you're the Nets, you know. Can you afford to sit Kyrie twenty no. times a year? No, you can't. I just, I just, to me, that that isn't a max player. But we'll see. Yeah, and I think you you brought up brought up Horford, and I think I, I really want the Celtics to re-sign him, and I I do think he will. Um, yeah, I think I I've, I've been I've been reading. I, I th- well, he has till tomorrow. He has till tomorrow. Till tomorrow to decline his to decline, which he could he could decline. But I am thinking that they probably. I mean, I know he's he seems happy in Boston. Um, I could see them maybe re-upping for three. That's what much, they, That's what's coming up yeah. at a much lower number. Because um, I know, think I, I honestly do think that this will probably be his last deal. Because he's he's getting up there. Oh you yeah, I mean, no, there's no doubt. Like he'll be. I think he'll be like 37 when that that if a three-year deal like if that expires. So he's got a 31 and a 30 million dollar player option. Which I, yes, I do agree. I think I do think he'll decline it. I think he'll sign a three-year deal at much less. And and I mean, it's hard to really. Hey, Horford's I could you could probably say is probably the most important player on this team. Not necessarily from a necessarily like a score production value, 
but he adds a lot to this team. Oh yeah, he brings a lot of leadership. I think he's, uh, you know, he's just an unselfish guy. Uh, you know, the only thing that concerns me a little is the uh, the minutes. Last year he played the 29 minutes a game, uh, which was the the lowest number of his career. I think you're going to have to really manage his his minutes. Um, he is not a guy I think that's going to be able to play 35 minutes a night. He's going to have to take a game off a week maybe. And so if you do bring him back, you really have to make an effort to try and rebuild that front court. I mean, who knows what you have with Williams. Uh, I'm not sure where he stands with them. But um, if they do bring him back, they definitely have to uh, do something to address the front court. And, it, and it's good. I, I do like that they brought back Baines. You know, you're not paying a lot for him, and he's a he's a nice guy off the bench when, or you know, when when Horford was ever out, anything like that. Like, he was he was he's a good fill-in player, and, and I really like. No, absolutely, Baines. I forget what the the plus minus is is ridiculous when he's on the floor. Um, yeah, let's see. And they plus. have a they have a ridiculous record. There's there's some crazy stat I saw where uh, Baines plays I think more than ten minutes, and they're. I don't know. I forget what it is. Like a 700 winning percentage, something crazy like that. Um, but he is a guy that I'm glad to see him come back. Um, but you know they're going to have to. It's going to be fascinating to see what they do. What do you? What do you think about the draft? If you're if you're the Celtics, what are you looking for in the draft? Not necessarily specific, but like just positions. What kind of players you think they need? Well, like I said, they need some front court help. Um, I would like that. I would like to see them draft a shooter. Um, I think that 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 could be a priority. Um, I can't possibly imagine though that all three of those picks will be um, guys that will make the roster. I, I wouldn't be surprised if one one of those picks ends up being an international pick, okay, uh, someone yeah. that you know, a young guy that they can that can play overseas for a couple of years. Um, and who knows? Maybe maybe they have the ability to package. Uh, to put together a package to move up if there's somebody they like in the top ten, um, but but we'll see. Again, I wish I wish that free agency could happen first, uh, and then mm-hmm. we, you know we could have the draft. But you know we'll see. So I think next we'll talk about. I would say this is probably the biggest. This is a groundbreaking deal. Like this is this is big. Anthony Davis traded to the Lakers for Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram. Josh Hart and three first-round picks, including this year's fourth overall pick. When you heard the news, what was your initial reaction to this deal? I wasn't surprised at all. Um, when I saw uh, what they gave up, I was I was happy for the Pelicans. I mean, I think I think they made out very well. I understand it from both both sides because you're, you're faced with a situation in LA that if they didn't get a top tier player LeBron's this gone. summer, LeBron's he would gone. demand a trade. Yeah. Um, so they had to do something. And plus they weren't going to win with that team anyways. So mm-hmm. they had, they had to do something. Um, you know, I think Davis, you know, anytime that you can make a trade for a potential MVP and that's what Davis is, um, you have to do it. Um, I think, um, like I said, it's one of those rare trades in the NBA where where both teams uh, will will benefit from it. I think. Yeah, so. I, I really I really do like this move because I I, I do th- I do think it was interesting. They hold on. The Lakers do hold on to Kuzma, which I I do think was the right move um, for them. 
I mean, Hart, Josh Hart, like, he's he's decent off the bench. He'll be a good, like, yeah, backup a, one. A role player. Backup yeah. one. Like, you had to throw him in there. Lonzo, I think, first of all, the injury issues are are a problem. I mean, played 46 games last year. He's, he, he hasn't been able to stay healthy and throughout his short career. This is only his third season. This will be his third season in the league. Um, and the thing that really, the, the thing about Lonzo is he still hasn't developed his shot. Like, he, he still isn't. Yeah, I think I mean you know, the jury's still out on him. Here's a guy; he was the number two pick in the draft. Um, you know, I think as of now, you'd have to say he it has not been; it was not a good pick. Uh, so you know, he has something to prove. Um, you know, he's a guy still with a ton of potential. He's, you know, he's a he's a good all around basketball player. Um, we'll see. We'll see what he can do with that young team. Yeah, I. I, I do think I, I really like the pairing though of Holiday and Lonzo. I think that could be good for him, especially for Lonzo learning from a, a guy like Holiday's been in the league for a long time. Um and, and Holiday can play the two as well, so you can put Lonzo at the one. Now, I think it's basically locked in that the Pelicans are because they have the first overall pick as well. They're gonna take Zion. Yeah. Like there's, there's no way. Yeah, no no doubt. And so I, I like that pairing too, because you you've got a guy like Zion who's essentially just I mean, he's rightfully so seems like the next coming of lebron um as big as of a claim that you can make like that and and i think that'll be good for him too playing with a guy like zion who's just a beast like just all-out monster is is something that's really 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 good for him um i think yeah you know um i think it's fascinating that you just traded your the best player your franchise player i mean the best player that will ever walk in the door there and you have Pelicans fans going into the season excited. Uh, so David yeah. Griffin, you know, he's done a heck of a job. And we'll see. It'll be really fascinating to see what they do with that fourth pick. Yeah, it will. A lot of talk that, you know, they might trade. Uh, they might try to move up. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what, they're, what, the, what the plan is. But, um, yeah, the, Z- the, the Zion-Lonzo pairing is it's pretty exciting. And so I, I I do think one of the one of the good things for um for for this Pelicans teams is you get those now we know it's the fourth overall pick in this year's draft we don't obviously we want do did the years come out for the first round picks for uh, I don't think so I don't I, think because the I trade heard, isn't official till July July sixth and then I heard there's two pick swaps too oh really which is pretty interesting um, yeah which so it it brings back because obviously the Pelicans are now going to own a lot of the Lakers picks like. It really brings back shades of that Celtics Nets trade. Now, obviously, Pierce and Garnett were at the ends of their careers, and they weren't the same kind of players that they were compared to AD. Who's this is he? I, I could see him getting better still. Like the guy's just an absolute freak. But it is one of those moves um, for the Lakers that is still risky because you only have one year of AD. Yeah, I mean, oh, there's no doubt. To me, there's got to be some kind of assurance or a little wink here. From the side that he is going to sign, and because, that's and that's what he's saying. He yeah, the reports are that he's signing long term. Yeah, I don't think they give all of that up without uh, unless they're like ninety nine percent sure that he'll resign. But uh, but who knows? I mean, if things go terribly wrong, a similar thing happened with Dwight Howard when he was traded uh, in his prime to the Lakers, and it was just an epic failure, and he ended up leaving. So after I mean, one, exactly. Anthony Davis is a better player than than Howard, but. But we'll see if if it doesn't pan out, if things don't work out in L.A. Um, You're screwed. <laughs> You're, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe he will opt out. But I, 
But I would think he'll probably end up staying there. Yeah, and and it really it reminds me, you know, you you've got this assur- this supposed assurance from Davis. Yes, I'll resign with you. You know, we'll be we'll be good. But then it, it takes me back to going back to Kyrie. He said that last summer. He said right. he's he said he was going to resign, and right. now he yeah, won't. You never know. You you can't you can't. You, what what will be fascinating though is to see. Um, they they do not apparently. I, I read this morning. They do not have room for a third max. Really? Yeah. Oh, because he's because he's he has that. So Davis has a four million dollar trade kicker. So essentially, when the trade gets official, he'll make four million dollars off the trade. Right. And so, so so who that third person is will be fascinating to me. I I really don't think it is going to be. You know, there was talk of Leonard. I don't. There's no. I way. think Leonard resigns with the Raptors. Yeah, there's short no term. way that he's going to the Lakers. Kyrie has come up. There's an outside chance that Kyrie, you know, maybe Kyrie signs a two-year deal. I just don't see. He left LeBron because he didn't want to play with him. But Why do you want knows? to go back? He's so you just never know with him. Like, yeah. like you said, eight, nine months ago, he said he was resigning. And so he could just change overnight. Um, maybe Kemba Walker. That's, uh, yeah. But again, I don't, I think if he's going to take a discount, it'll be with uh, Charlotte. Yeah. Um, but they do they do need that third piece. I think as of right now, I think they only have five guys uh, on that roster, and so they still have a lot of pieces. That's uh, yes. to fill, and um, that's that's the thing with like it, the thing that I didn't really like because this Lakers this past Lakers team was was not good. They they weren't good, and I get I get LeBron was out. I mean, the first time really in his career, LeBron's been been like really injured and, and missed substantial time, but like. When you have so much dev- so much money devoted to to LeBron, and you have so much money devoted to AD, and you now you have to prep for AD signing this a uh, 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 max deal in these upcoming years, trading away these young players, I get that ultimately it didn't work out, that it didn't pan out, but like it's kind of difficult to 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 build a team around LeBron and have Lance Stevenson, Rondo, like. They can't sign anybody that's really that good. Well, like, I think if you get that third player, those are the guys you're going to see come back on the one-year deal. Which so. is which? Which I I like I, and that's oftentimes the downfall with super teams is like, as as good as those three players might be, they could they could be the best players in the league. Like three teams aren't three guys aren't winning every yeah, no, single game for you. Honestly, like, um, you know LeBron and Davis with a bunch of role players. I don't see them coming out of the West. No, I, I think don't. Denver is still a better team. I think Portland could beat them. I think you have there's some teams out there that can can beat them. And um, I, it, you got to remember, this is LeBron. What is his twentieth year? I mean, nine, well, two thousand three. Yeah, this is like seventeen. Yeah, almost set, twenty. Yeah, almost twenty years. Almost twenty years. So he's, you know. We'll see. I mean, he had the injury last year. We'll see what he can do um, this year. It, it'll be fascinating. But, you know, in terms of uh, of, of the Lakers' needs, they, they had to do this. They absolutely no, no, no doubt. So even, you know, they bring Davis in. He's 26 years old. You know, he becomes your building block, mm-hmm. um, you know, once LeBron does leave. But I, I do think the thing that bothers me is now, so immediately with the gambling and all that, they're the favorites for the championship no, that, which which makes no sense. That, that makes, makes no sense. No sense. I think I, they don't even have a team. Not that I'm, I'm not a gambler yeah. at all, but I think I saw today that uh, Denver was a fifteen to one favorite. Boy, I would if I were a betting person, I would put money down on that in a heartbeat. Exactly, because I think that Denver team. Um, 
I think that Denver team's going to be really, and, really good. And it, it just, it really does bother me that, like, now all of a sudden, oh, the Lakers are legit contenders. No, they're not. They don't have a team. Yeah. They, they have no, nobody around it, them. I think you still have to wait. You yeah, have to wait you gotta see. you gotta wait to see how how the red how everything exactly else pans out. like that it you know let's say I mean here's the thing about next season like we said Durant's not a non-factor because he's not playing but like there's so many moves that could be made who knows what what if Kawhi goes to the West but he goes to the Clippers who knows like that throws things off if he stays with the Raptors it throws things off like there's so many variables that you you can't say that yeah no these, you, you, you can't right exactly. I mean, so, no, who who would have known last year that, um, you know, that Kawhi would go to to Toronto? You know, no, no, nobody. You know, and that was well after the July first date. So, I mean, that changed the whole landscape. So, we're not even talking about trades. You know, what what kind of trades are are there out there? Um, and who knows? I mean, like you said, that Pelicans. It's been been brought up that that fourth pick. Like they could trade him. They could trade that pick for maybe not necessarily like. A superstar, but you can get a quality player with the fourth overall pick. Like, and who knows? They could always end up flipping Lonzo, or they could flip Kuzma, or yeah. not Kuzma, Ingram. Like, you don't know what they could do. Right. There's so many things that go on. But, like you said, I, I do definitely like the move for the Pelicans. I think AD made it clear that he didn't want to be there anymore. Yeah, they did as the best they could. I think if the reports are true, you know, Boston, especially knowing that Kyrie is probably out the door, they were not willing to give up. Uh, Tatum and I think you know as soon as that and they just didn't have the 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 package to put together like the Lakers um so yeah it's uh it boy that the off season is starting off with a bang yeah for sure um so I think we'll end this off with a little bit of AWWWE talk right now so is AW new Monday Night War <laughs> no 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 it's you know First of all, they, they they did a nice job at the last pay-per-view, but honestly, it was three matches. Exactly. And, I mean, Cody Dustin was just, was phenomenal. It, and it yeah. was dramatic. And it reminded me of being a kid and watching the NWA and getting so emotionally invested in these matches. You had, I remember, there was a feud uh, between Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard. And it was just a blood feud. You thought these guys wanted to kill each other. And that was the feeling you got from that. Um, but other than that, I mean, yeah, the box match was fantastic. Jericho and Omega, eh, it was okay. I feel like it's at a point now where AEW just cannot be criticized. The internet just refuses to criticize AEW. So in terms of, you know, are they... Uh, competition for the WWE, I would say it's not even close. And I think in order to succeed, they can't be competition. They need to establish no, I themselves I as something, a separate identity from right. working. Because first of all, you know, in Cody's intr- uh, entrance, you know, he smashes the Triple H, the Triple H throne with a sledgehammer. Like, it, how does that help you? No, I think makes you look lame. I, yeah, I think he has to kind of let that stuff go. Um, I agree with you. I think. You know, if you go, if they're going into this thinking that they're going to bring down the WWE, I just don't think that's good for wrestling in general. Um, you know, I think you you come in as a, an alternate brand that you know will draw some eyes, but to say that you're going to compete is just 
it's just ludicrous. Um, I'm just fascinated to see, you know, how how the television show how it looks. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, how do they? How are the sto- What are the storylines like? You know, everyone talks about here's this you know alternative program. And you have guys backstage that are lifelong WWE guys, Billy Gunn, uh, Dean Malenko. So, you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to the uh, the show on the 29th. And then, of course, free. Uh, it's free, which I think is really smart. It gets eyes on their product. I think, to me, the goal for that show should be for AEW to really try and um, put the spotlight on some of their young guys. Um, you know, they have to determine, you know, who are the guys that, that they're going to focus on. And mm-hmm. then, um, you know, then the, the pay-per-view in August. They already sold out. Well, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a hot show. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, what, what they, when does it, when does the show start? Is it October? October, I think. October. And I, I just and think, I don't think it's, I, I can't imagine it will be live. I think, mm, uh, yeah, it'd be too hard. Probably be an hour show, um, pre-taped, I would think. I just don't think they have that kind of money right now to, to do a live show every week. Um, and we'll see. I think ultimately it's good. Um, this is good for the WWE. Because um, and here's the thing is, like you said, I do think it's good because even though I I don't I don't think WWE views them as like serious competition right now because they know they have them still by a long shot. But I think what needs to happen in what's what hasn't really kicked in is you look back at the WWE WCW days where that was some of the best WWE television like ever because they had to do stuff to make people watch and obviously ratings for the wwe have been down a ridiculous amount like it's it's they're pretty bad you know i think part of that though is i agree the ratings are down but even i find myself i'm not watching it like i did um you know now when you could just go and you could read the recap or you could go Mm -hmm. to youtube and watch the highlights i think i think that there's the fans are still there i just think it's you know, unfortunately, it has. It used to be must must see TV, uh, but this was before the internet and Twitter. Um, you know, and I just don't. I don't see where they're going to draw these fans from. The the AW. Um, you know, ultimately, I think it's going to be people like us that already watch the WWE that will watch AEW. You're not getting any casual fans watching I, I AEW. Think, you know, I don't yeah. think Jericho, uh, and definitely not Omega have that kind of um, they're not mainstream they're not audience. mainstream enough to draw in now you if they bring in a cm punk oh if they bring in cm punk that that's gonna change, be big for change, them that'll that be big change it um but even that i still don't think that guarantees that they're that they're competition and, 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 and quite honestly you know i know I've, I've talked to you about this before um we'll see how this moxley character goes um and i i'm not overly impressed with him i watched you know some of his, his stuff he did in Japan, and you know some of the promos just it. He's a dude. I, I, I just hate to say this. I just I'm not buying it. I'm just not buying it that you're. And here's the thing that's that's bugging. That you're yeah that yeah. You're this like crazy uh, lunatic. Crazy loony. It, it just doesn't. It, it, to me, I don't I don't see it. I and here's the thing. It. It's like, and this really puts into perspective like how internet wrestling fans are. When he was in WWE. He played the exact 
basically the exact same character as Dean Ambrose. And they said, this guy's boring, he's bland, why do they do this with him? There's no character to him. As soon as he leaves, he becomes John Moxley, changes his look, like, literally just wears these little shorts instead of pants, all right. of a sudden now he's a superstar. Yeah, he, no, he, his I character agree. is no different than he what he was. He hasn't even really done. I mean, let's just, let's see him, like, you know, have an extended feud. Let's see how the Omega Ambrose, or sorry, Moxley match goes. Um, but I'm not ready to anoint him, you know, the next Stone Cold because he doesn't have half of the charisma that Stone Cold had. Um, you know, I do agree with him that some of the hokey things that the WWE did with him were bad. They were bad. Just, it was bad, you know, but. But you know what? Here's the other thing. When he was with the Shield, there was there is not a group that I can think of in my lifetime that was more protected, uh, like the Shield was. If it wasn't for that, he wouldn't be in this position that he's in now. So, um, which I think so we'll he see. has acknowledged too, which is good at yeah, least. I think that, so. And I think, I mean, for WWE, like they definitely need to change programming a little bit, and they're slowly starting to slowly, but like. They, but, but, like, you look at NXT, and it's, like, it's great. It, it's great. It's the best part about WWE, for sure. I mean, you look at TakeOver. The, there's no matches that you're, like, uh Yeah, no, there's no doubt. I mean, like, I think you see, what you see there is, is it has Triple H all over it. And, you know, I think, ultimately, you, with the, the main roster product, you still have Vince is, is in charge. And I think that's another issue that AEW might might run into is you've already seen it once with with Pac. You really who is it that's in charge there? Yeah. Who is it that is going to determine who wins and loses? I think when you don't have that strong uh, identity like a Vince McMahon to basically you know be the the judge and the jury, you're gonna it's gonna run in you're gonna run into some issues there. Um, in the locker room, who is it that that will be willing to to lay down? And that's the thing is like, as of right now, from what from what people from what people know, like Cody, Omega, Young Bucks are in charge of creative. And but when you're a talent yourself, it's hard to do that because if you if you push yourself and make and make yourself win every match and you, you get all the pushes, like. That's not good for you. You know no, what I mean? It's not how, good for the business. That's how w, uh, WCW collapsed. Yeah. Nash, uh, Hall, these guys had creative control. Hulk Hogan, creative control. And ultimately, all of these guys have egos. They're not going to put themselves in positions to look weak. And that's what fascinates me is, I mean, I think it's pretty probably pretty clear that the, the August 31st match between Moxley and Omega probably will not have a clean finish. I just cannot imagine that someone will win cleanly. And then that'll probably carry over to television, which is good. Um, but who is it that's going to get the upper hand in that? It's just, it's it's really interesting. And then the question is, are you, you know, are you giving away too much too soon? And that's exactly like, we, and we had talked about this, like, you have these great matches, you know, you've got, as much as old as Jericho is, and as is like he's still interesting. He's still an interesting character to watch, and like he's still a personality. You've got all these guys, Cody, Young Bucks. You can only run top feuds for so, so long. Like, oh, what are you gonna do when you're done? What are you gonna do? I agree. 
And that's what's going to make or break them is like for these first six, seven, eight, maybe even a year, they should be okay because they'll have Hangman Page to feud. He can go Moxley, Omega, all these guys. But then when you're done with that, if you haven't built up any of your young guys or any of these unknown guys, what are you going to do? That's going to be the key. They're going to need to, you know, rebuild or build, you know, that the lower, you know, upper or lower middle and upper card. Um, and if they don't, if that, if those young guys are not over, um, then AEW will be over. Yeah, <laughs> in a different yeah. way because, um, like you said, there's only so many options in terms of, um, you know, where you go. We'll see. I, I will be fascinated to, you know, jump ahead a year from now. You know, AEW on on the air for almost a year. You know, wh- where will they be? Um, because I'll tell you, TNT is not... You know, I, I'm shocked, actually, that TNT, they made a deal with them. But, you know, they're not going to keep them around if they're drawing a million viewers a night, you know. Which is, just, I think, is, would be monumental for them if they had a million yeah, viewers. I, I just don't see it. TNT just has too many other options for programming, you know. Yeah. And I think you're going to see a change, too, with the WWE product. I think once they go to Fox... And once they get rid of Shane McMahon on TV, yeah, well, then we're good. Yeah. I think that's coming, but um, I think uh, I think ultimately it's it's all good. It's all good for the product. Um, the competition only makes it better. No, there's you no, can't. Yeah, you there's can't no be, doubt. You can't be lazy with your booking. You have to. You have to step it up. There's no doubt so, about it. Yeah, I think that'll do it. Thank you for coming on. It was a oh, lot of fun. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, I'm so, glad you're back. I've been looking for your show for like the last <laughs> nine months. months. I can't find yeah. it anywhere. Yeah, so. I'll definitely be back. We'll hopefully I'll probably have you back at some point. We'll talk about some more stuff. Yeah, we got the draft. Got the draft up, coming so up. Have yep. to do a recap. Got to do that. Yep. So thanks for listening. Um, you can leave a five star review on iTunes if you so choose, uh, and tell other people about this podcast. It means a lot. So thanks for listening. And I'll see you in episode ninety four. So yeah, thanks.